Well, I mentioned this morning I was paying close attention to a debate that was taking, pe- taking place on social media. Uh, and in the debate, one of the gentlemen uh, who was teaching religious error went over to Romans chapter 10. And he cited one verse, and that one verse was basically his, uh, his entirety for what he believed uh, regarding what somebody has to do to be saved. And it was interesting as I was watching the, the banter taking place back and forth, there was, there was some outrage. Uh, and that got me thinking to a statement I made a few weeks back. Uh, I made a statement a few weeks back, and I'm sure that there may have been some who might have watched it online who were outraged at what I had, had said. And I was talking specifically about Judaism uh, being a faith which was no longer ordained of God. In essence, what I was saying was, if you're a Jew today, you're not righteous. And I went on to talk about some other religious groups and said basically if you're in any of these groups, you're not righteous. Uh, and so uh, as I began to think about this and the gentleman going over to Romans chapter 10, I thought I would go back and spend some time on it. But since he took one verse and used it out of context, I thought what I would do is actually just cover the entirety of Romans chapter 10. And I'll be honest, this is actually my favorite way to do lessons. I don't because... Uh, I can't really control myself, and I've got to be mindful of time. But I think, to be honest, I I would much prefer to do most of my lessons this way. Um, And again, I don't understand the outrage because logically, and we spent some time on that this morning, we understand that not all faiths can be righteous. There's just too many many differences in what they believe and what they practice. Now let me spend a, a few seconds talking about righteousness. Now righteousness is not even really a a concept for the non-believer. When you look at the non-believers, they use words like good and they use words like bad and they, in essence, describe people based on really what their culture might say as far as describing a person. And yet when you go to the Bible, the Bible doesn't use words really per se such as good or bad. They use words like righteousness or they're justified or they are pure. And while the world will go back and describe people based on an ever-changing standard of morality, you begin to look at the Bible, and the Bible does something really different. The Bible actually describes man's relationship to God based on their adherence to the will of God under whatever dispensation of time that is that they live. And so I kind of really have to touch on that for just a second because there may be some watching this online who really don't know what I'm saying. What What I'm saying is this, at different times, as recorded in our scriptures, God has had different requirements for His believers. And we understand that when we go back and we look uh, at the different dispensations. And under each of those dispensations, you did have people who were righteous with God. And so you had patriarchs, for example, Adam and Eve and Job. And then you had the law of Moses come in, under which we have Judaism. And then we had the last dispensation, which would be Christianity. And each of those dispensations had different requirements. Now, Paul touches on this. We're going to actually go on over to Romans chapter 9. I'm going to start off in verses 30 and 31. And remember, there were no chapter breaks within our scriptures. And so as Paul writes this, chapter 9, the verse we're looking at, verses 30 and 31, goes right into chapter 10. Uh, and Paul covers this on his, really his thesis on faith, which we call the book of Romans. And he really points out that Israel as a nation had rejected the gospel. And 
we don't even really need Paul to tell us this. We have this recorded in many other places, but Paul addresses it. So follow along with me. Romans 9, verse 30 through 31. And let me pause. Again, remember a few weeks ago I said that if you lived as a Jew today, you're not righteous. And I'm sure people were outraged, right? Let's see what Paul has to say on the matter. And this is somebody who was once a Jew who's no longer a Jew. So let's listen to his words. And he's also an apostle speaking by inspiration and authority. Romans 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Well, there's a valid question. And here's the answer, and he's going to continue on with this. Yeah, the Jews as a nation did not obtain righteousness because they did not seek it by faith. By faith... The Jews would not give up the law of Moses and accept and obey the gospel by faith. Now you may be saying, what exactly is faith? Where does it come from? How is it exactly related to righteousness? Well, there are many, many different ideas and thoughts about that. Probably would be best if we just let Paul continue on with us and describe all of that as we look at the book of Romans, specifically chapter 10. Let's notice where he starts off. So he's talking about the nation of Israel. They rejected the gospel. Well, what's our, our first point here, starting in Romans 10.1? Let's notice that the self-righteous do not submit themselves to God. Now, we're talking about Jews in context, but we could apply that to anybody under any, under any religious group or faith that's doing the same thing that the Jews were doing. Let's notice what he says. <clears throat> Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's a very important word, guys. And remember, this is a Jew talking about, a, he's a former Jew talking about those who are still currently calling themselves Jews. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. You think that's enough? He goes on, but not according to knowledge. Okay, it's lacking something. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Again, where's that found at? Well, within the Scriptures and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. All right, in Romans 10.1, Paul starts off talking about his Jewish brethren, and it's his desire that they would be saved. And he goes on and says they're extremely zealous. But the question is, is, is their zeal enough? And was their sincerity enough? I would say the same, I would ask the same question today about people who are religious religiously zealous. We know a lot of people who are zealous religiously, or we may call spiritually, spiritual people. But is that enough? Because Paul says here in verse 2 that they have a zeal, and then he goes on and he says, but it, it is a zeal without knowledge. Okay, so they're zealous, but there's, there's a lacking there. Okay, and here's the answer. No, their zeal is not enough in verse 2 because it results in ignorance, which results in disobedience. Verse 3. Does that sound like the religious world today? You can see exactly how what Paul is talking about here as he talks about Jews is really the same thing we have today even amongst those who call themselves Christians. They're zealous, and yet they have no knowledge. And again, it's misguided. That's kind of what I saw taking place during that debate on social media the other day. And think about this. The, the, the Jews, not only did they reject the Messiah, but they rejected the gospel uh, and all of those things that were included in there. And so, the debate that I was reading on Facebook, again, it was full of zeal between the debaters, both of them. One was lacking knowledge, 
And so because this individual lacked knowledge regarding a number of things, he was misguided, and then he was going out and actually teaching people the complete opposite of what the Bible teaches. Well, that's, the Jews were doing the same thing. They were misguided, and you, you had their religious teachers and leaders going out and teaching something different. And many people believed it and fell, and fell for uh, those teachings. Paul would be one of them. And so the Jews weren't really any different. They're ignorant of God's righteousness, verse 3. This is according to a former Jew who's now living as a Christian. Uh, they didn't then and they do not now have God's righteousness. Let me say that again. At the time of Paul's writings, the Jews did not and were not righteous. And for anyone living as a Jew today, they're still not righteous. And I'm sure, again, there's outrage, but we're looking directly at what Paul, a former Jew who's become a Christian, is writing to us by inspiration. He goes on and says, well, they have righteousness, but it's their own righteousness. Uh, and Paul says this is because the Jews as a nation, they hadn't submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. And basically, they were submitting themselves to what they considered to be righteous. Now, Paul touches on this a little bit to Corinth. So put your finger there in Romans 10, because we're going to come back and cover the whole chapter. But Paul says the Jews were blind to God's inspired word about Christ. Listen to 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 11. And he is talking specifically about the Word. I wish I could come back and touch on this in a lot of detail because there's a lot that's going to be missed if you don't have an understanding about the veil and the brightness uh, on Moses' face that was diminishing. But I don't have time for that, so I'm just going to go to the passage. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15, For if that which is done away was glorious... You may say, what's he talking about? What was done away? He's referring back to the law of Moses. Okay, He's talking about the Old Testament faith there. Uh, what we would know as Judaism. And he says, For if that which was done away was glorious, much more that remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses... Guys, this is how I know he's talking about the law of Moses. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. What was abolished? He's talking about the Old Testament, Judaism. Okay? But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Guys, we're told very clearly what he's talking about. He's talking about the old law, that under which Judaism was thriving. But he says it's going to come to an end. And he says, which veil is done away in Christ. Right? Christianity came into effect, and there is a new system replacing the old system. They knew this, but they're blinded to it. Verse 15, But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Again, the heart is the Bible mind. They're blinded to it. Still today when Jews are reading from the Scriptures talking about the coming of Messiah, they're blinded by it. But it's not just the Jews. You've got other people today who will read their Scriptures, and they are blinded to the Scriptures. Here's his point. The Jews, and likewise many today, they would not submit and will not submit to the gospel. Now, when I say that word submit, we really kind of have to give a def definition. The definition for the word submit is pretty simple. To subordinate, to obey, to be under obedience, to put under one's authority or under subjection, to submit oneself to. And so when we begin to talk about submitting to the gospel, we're talking about being under the authority of the gospel. What's Paul saying? The Jews wouldn't do that. 
by faith, they're, they're adhering to this system, they wouldn't give it up to go to a new system. It, it's the equivalent today, guys, of somebody who's in a denominational group. Let's say they're a Baptist, a Methodist, Catholic, like I was, whatever it is, who's saying, you know, I, I can't give up this system, my faith, to become just a New Testament Christian, that faith. They're not willing to give up the one faith to the other faith. And here's the thing, the one faith that they're currently under, the Jews in context here, they're, under, they're living according to and believing in a faith that can't save them. And if you miss the point here, you're going to miss the whole point of this chapter. Paul's point is, is that it was no longer sufficient to obey the law of Moses now that Christ had come and offered Himself as an atoning sacrifice for man's sins. Again, the idea, and Paul's, he's, he's going to hit on it extremely hard here, is, is there's a totally new system of faith. It's only through that new system of faith that anybody can obtain righteousness. And I understand that you're a Jew and you were raised as a Jew, but Paul's going to lay this out and say, that system is not in effect anymore, and logically, you can't be saved through that system. And so you need to adhere to and obey and fall in line of the new system. Now again, logically... I know people are getting outraged when I say this. They look at Israel as being the, the Jewish nation, the God-ordained Jewish nation that will be saved. But then you have to ask yourself, why is it that we no longer offer sin offerings? <laughs> why is it that we don't offer animal sacrifices? Why is it that we don't follow their dietary laws? And, and why is it that we don't fall, follow their puri, 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 uh, puritary, purity laws? Well, the reason is, guys, logically we understand this, we're not Jews. Judaism came to an end, and we get that. And yet people will still be outraged by saying the Jews are not God's chosen people. Christians are God's chosen people, and we get that logically. Paul says, you know what, if you guys aren't understanding what I'm saying here on my thesis here on faith, and specifically talking about a system that cannot save you, he says, let's go on and get an understanding. Let me set you guys straight. Christ was the end of the law for righteousness. Listen to Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end, and let me tell you this, if you're looking at your scriptures, that is not the best translation. If you look that word up, a better rendering would be the point, the goal, the aim, right? Christ is the point of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He's the goal. He is the aim. The entire point or goal of the Old Testament was to point to Christ and His purpose. The Jews were waiting on this Messiah to come. And the sacrifice of Christ ended any effectiveness of the law of Moses to make people righteous. And Paul says, listen, that righteousness that you once could have under the system of Judaism is no longer achievable through the law of Moses. Matter of fact, listen to Romans 1, 16 and 17. This is much earlier in his thesis here on faith and justification. Romans 1, 16 and 17, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it... What? The gospel. Not the law of Moses. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Let me pause for a second. Is he saying it's okay to remain a Jew? No. Is he saying it's okay to remain a Greek? No. Because he set up just a sentence earlier, he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. The Jew who obeys the gospel is no longer a Jew. He's a Christian. The Greek who obeys the gospel is no longer a Greek. He's a Christian. They're both in this position of salvation, righteousness, justification. 
Verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul's not negating all law as is taught by some. Many will come over here and, and use Romans 10.4 to teach that Christ was the end of all law. And again, they're missing the entire context. Christ was the point and the goal. He was the aim of the law of Moses. It was pointing, saying there's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. You need a Redeemer. You need this Messiah, and He's coming. And it tells when He's coming, and it gives all this information. That was the whole point. But again, that law ended, that law of Moses ended, and it was replaced by another law. So Paul's not negating all law. He's pointing to a better system. Listen to Hebrews 9.15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Most of you guys know there's a blank page in your Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. Okay, Look at it this way. Uh, most of us, before we die, we write our last will and testament. Right? He goes on. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that's what was covered under our Old Testament. We're talking about Judaism here. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now notice this. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Here's his point. Righteousness only comes through adherence to the gospel, which is the New Testament. The old law was going to die off, that law of Moses... Judaism, and it would be replaced by a new system covered under this last testament. And again, it is the last dispensation that will ever occur according to our scriptures. And so Paul's, Paul points this out very clearly. Yes, salvation is available to both the Jew and the Greek, again, Romans 1, 16 and 17, but only through a believing faith in Christ. There's not different systems. Any group can adhere to this system and become a Christian. That's what Paul is teaching but he's also teaching there's only salvation through the one system. In essence, what Paul's saying is, is the door has been opened up and it's for everybody. Now, what's really sad, guys, and I don't have time to go back and touch on this, is the system was always open. Yes, the Jews were God's people, and really they despised and they looked down on the Gentile, but the Gentile was always able to be able to be grafted into that system of Judaism. Uh, proselytes, strangers at the, the gates, and a whole number of other things we'd have to cover. But the Jews really despised the Gentile. They looked at them as not God's people. We're God's people. And you could see how some of them may be angry to find out that God has created this system that's open to everybody equally, both Jew and Gentile, in one church. Now let me point this out. Faith has always required submission to law. Always. And I'm sure there are people that are like, oh, don't say that. Uh, submission to law, well, this is where the guy was actually coming back and, and quoting from Romans saying, law, ha law keeping has nothing to do with anything. You just have to believe. Is that what Paul's saying? Let's look at Romans 10.5. Because Paul's going to actually use Judaism to teach the same thing about Christianity. Romans 10.5. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. What's he talking about? The law of Moses. We know that because he literally says Moses describes it. Where? In the law of Moses. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Paul goes back and he points out that the law of Moses at one time did allow the Jew and the nation of Israel to be righteous. 
And I agree with that 100%, and I'd say probably everyone else here does too. He's actually referencing the words of Moses here as recorded in Leviticus 18.5. Here's where he's quoting from. Leviticus 18.5, Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Is he saying it's optional? Is, was Judaism optional on what you did and did not do? Of course not. We all get that. And that's why a lot of people will say, yeah, well, you know, Judaism was a system of law-keeping, but under Christianity, it's just the law of faith. And so you don't do anything, you just believe. Again, Paul is not diminishing the value here of the law of, Mo of Moses while it was in effect, but instead he's showing it had a purpose and that that purpose had been fulfilled. Listen to Galatians 3.24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now, many go there and say, see, just faith, faith only. Again, this is by the same writer from, from the book of Romans. Paul wouldn't contradict himself. He's talking about just being faith, uh, a believer, and that's all that you need. Well, guys, we're going to show that that's not what Paul's talking about. The law of Moses was never designed or intended to continuously make a person righteous forever. That system was going to be in place until Christ came, until, until Christ died, and the law of Moses actually came to an end. And most of you know this passage here, Colossians 2.14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. What ordinances are you talking about? Well, we're talking about the law of Moses, and that sticks with the context of the book. Okay, That was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And some will come here and say, look, He ended law. All law ended, that lines up with Romans, that lines up there with Galatians. Here's what it's telling us. He didn't end all law. The law of Moses was replaced by the law of Christ. Again, Galatians 6.2. That's not in your notes. That's by memory. So we could add a lot of verses talking about the law of Christ. Um, he's not ending all law-keeping. He's replacing the law, which is what Paul's talking about here, okay? And many verses support that. So then, as Paul explains this, he's trying to get them to understand. Those who continued to pursue justification and righteousness through the law of Moses were doing this in vain. They could live as faithful as a Jew as they, as they could. Right? They could follow all the rules, and here's the thing, they still can't be righteous under that system because it's not in effect anymore. It was nailed to the cross. The, the law of Judaism is no longer the standard for God's people. And I'm sure, I'm sure, again, people are outraged by this. Uh, but I could say the same thing about anything that is not the faith we find within our Scriptures. Paul's talking about Jews, but I could say the same thing about a Baptist or a Catholic or even members of the churches of Christ who teach and believe things which are not found within the Scriptures. Okay, let's, let's look at what Paul's trying to do here. He's trying to lay this out in a very simple way for his fellow brethren, his former Jewish brethren, and he's trying to say, listen, I understand this system. And at one time, that system could make you righteous. Paul literally was trying to be righteous under that system. That's why he was persecuting the Christians. But then he says, that system's not in place anymore. You can't be righteous under that system. Listen to Romans 9, 30-33 again. I only read 30 and 31 last time. He says, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. Now let me pause. 
In context, he is talking about the law of Moses. People will say, oh, he's, he's rejecting all law. No, keep it in context and follow what Paul is saying. That is not talking about just law. You can't miss the context. Why is he talking about the nation of Israel and the law that they follow? He's talking about the law of Moses. And then he proves it. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Who's that? Christ. Verse 33. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. They're trying to be saved under the system of the law of Moses, and they stumbled at the rock, at Jesus. And again, guys, the problem was never with the law of Moses. The law of Moses was a perfect system. The problem was always with man. Man could not uh, perfectly obey the system of the law that was given to them, and God demanded perfect obedience. That's why the Jew had to come back and, and have sin offerings and sacrifices over and over and over again, because the law of Moses was perfect, but the man people were not. And so they needed a Savior. They needed a Messiah. They needed a perfect sin offering. And here's what happened when he showed up. The Jews stumbled at it. It was, it was a rock of offense to them. Listen to Deuteronomy 6.25 as we talk about law-keeping. And Paul got this, and so would the Jews. And it shall be our righteousness. Well, how can we be righteous? If we observe and to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as He hath commanded us. Moses says, you can be righteous. All you got to do is all the things the Lord has told you to do. Is there a problem with the law? No. The problem was always with man. But they couldn't keep it perfectly. So what they need? A Messiah. And what was the Old Testament talking about all this time? There's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. And He's going to usher in a whole new system. And then when He shows up, they stumble at the stumbling block. They stumble at the offense. The rock of offense. And then I think about that and I say, what about people today when I say, give up your denominationalism, your, your Baptist group, your Methodist group. And they say... I just don't agree with what the Bible says. They stumble at the stumbling block, just like the Jews, who couldn't believe their Messiah was literally there and that they were, they were responsible for killing Him. And that's just as bad as anybody who would look at the inspired Word and say, listen, I just can't believe that that's God's will for us today. They stumble at it. Again, back in context, while the law of Moses was nailed to the cross and it could no longer save, Paul says there is a new system, there's a better way, a new ordained system of faith, and again, many will come and teach faith only from these passages, which is not the context. Both the Jew and the Gentile, they needed faith to submit themselves to Christ, and the new system of the gospel is recorded in the New Testament. Both the Jew and the Greek needed to have faith to obey the gospel. One was not any worse off than the other. As a matter of fact, both of them were just as lost as each other. The only ones that weren't lost were the Christians that were being faithful. So people read this and say, I can't believe Paul's saying this to the Jews. The Greeks had the same problem. And today we have the same issues. Listen to Romans 10, 6 through 8. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? Listen here really close. Most people miss this. They read the book of Romans and go, oh, Paul's just teaching faith only. Faith only, faith only. What's he say? He goes on, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth 
and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And they don't even realize what Paul just did. They don't even see it. He's teaching the exact same thing that Moses taught, even though there's a new system of faith. Under all law, the people needed to have faith in the inspired Word. So it didn't matter whether you were a Jew or whether you were a patriarch or whether you claim to be a Christian today. You have to have faith in the inspired Word. What Paul is doing right here, and everybody misses it, the majority of scholars will read this and they will miss it, Paul is connecting the law of Moses with the word of faith, the gospel. Okay, And he does it by using Moses' own words. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 30, verse 14 and 18. But the word is very nigh unto thee. Does this sound like what Paul just said? In thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, and that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgment, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away, and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. You know, everybody goes over to Romans chapter 10, and they say, Paul's teaching faith only here. Yet he reads from Deuteronomy 30, which is the complete opposite of the idea of faith only. How could you even think for a second Paul's teaching faith only when he's quoting from Deuteronomy 30? Listen again to what Moses says. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that ye may do it. And Paul quotes from the very first part of that verse. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. And I want you to focus for just a second on those words, mouth and heart. Because Paul uses them in his very next verse, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Paul says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is actually the passage that was being used in the debate that I was reading through. And the guy was saying, based on this passage right here, Paul says all you have to do is believe. They just missed Romans 10, verses 6 through 8, where he's quoting from Moses. Paul is not rejecting all law. Is that what he's doing in context? Absolutely not. That's not what Paul is doing. He's deliberately using Moses' words to point to Christ. In other words, the words of faith that Paul and the other apostles preach is the same word of faith that Moses preached. They're basically preaching the exact same thing, but they're under two different dispensations. Moses preached a word of faith that was to be in the mouth and the hearts of those who were living under the law of Moses. Then you've got Paul preaching the word of faith that was to be in the mouth and in the hearts of those living under the New Testament system, those living as Christians, the ones who've obeyed the gospel. The difference is this, guys. Moses had never heard the gospel. If he had, that's what he would have been teaching. He only knew by inspiration and had been given directly the law of Moses. But both systems were systems that were ordained by God. Yes, the focus had changed from the law of Moses, to the gospel, and yet 
It's a law of faith based on a word in your heart and in your mouth. Both of those systems required adherence to the system. Paul's clearly not teaching faith-only doctrine as he refers back to Moses and then applies it to themselves. Again, today's religious world wants to ignore knowledge and focus only on feelings. But true Christianity is an intellectual faith, and that creates and drives our feelings. And Paul's point is this. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, uh, for uh, is the end of the law of Moses for righteousness and the beginning of the gospel for righteousness. Yes, you could be a Jew at one point and be righteous that way, but you can no longer. Now you must become a Christian to be righteous. He's showing that righteousness has always been of obedient faith, whether you were a patriarch, whether you lived under the law of Judaism, or whether you live as a Christian. Every time you find anyone who is a follower of God and they are faithful, they are law keepers. They understand what God's requirements are, and they keep it. There's no difference from the patriarch to the, to the law of Moses to the Christian when it comes to faithfulness through the Word. Okay? They all were systems of faith driven by inspiration, uh, inspiration of God's Word. And so Paul goes back and supports this even more, in case you might miss it. Again, most people will come here and teach faith only. So he goes back and cites two more scriptures. If the ones I gave you wasn't enough, Paul says, let me give you some more as I connect the understanding of obedience out of the law of Moses to the system of obedience under the law of Christ. Romans 10, 11 through 13. For the Scripture saith, and they would have known this, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And everyone goes over to Romans 10, 11 through 13. They said, see, Jesus, again, Paul's teaching faith-only salvation. He says, you just got to call on the Lord. And again, they miss the whole context. They don't see what Paul is doing. As he's, playing a, he's playing a play here on Old Testament verses, tying it in with New Testament system. He quotes from Isaiah 28, 16. Listen to what Isaiah's words actually said uh, in the original statement that Paul quotes from. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion, that's Jerusalem, for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Why is he quoting back from Isaiah 28, 16? That's the promise of the fact that there's a coming Messiah and there'll be a whole new system being ushered into place to replace the law of Moses or Judaism. The Messiah is going to come. There's going to be a new system again. That, that needs to be understood if you're trying to live under a system that can no longer save. Okay? The Jews were without excuse. They should have known. Paul also quotes from Joel 2.32 just to make sure they really get it. Here's Joel 2.32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Peter quoted from this exact verse on the day of Pentecost when he tells the Jews, guess what? You just killed the Messiah that had been prophesied in the Old Testament. Okay? And that's exactly what Peter says. Acts 2.21, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter goes back and quotes from Joel. Okay? Now, again, many people today will teach that 
uh, faith only from that verse right there, Acts 2.21, same as they'll quote from Romans 10, 11, and 13. I want you to notice the response from those Jews in the crowd who had just been asked or told they need to call on the name of the Lord. Here's their response. And again, let's keep it in context. Peter says, you need to call on the name of the Lord. And they say in verse uh, 37 of Acts 2, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Why are you asking that? Well, because he just told you to call on the Lord. Okay? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul was actually told to do that also in Acts twenty-two sixteen. That's how somebody calls on the name of the Lord. And here in Romans 10, 11 through 13, you've got Paul saying that same thing. They need to call on the name of the Lord. And guys, under the gospel system of faith, you call on the name of the Lord through repentance and baptism. And we could spend a whole lot more time on talking about obeying the gospel. But Paul is tying this back. When he talks about faith and calling on the name of the Lord, it's called back to being uh, under obedience of whatever it is the gospel tells you to do. And that includes repentance and baptism. Certainly it includes belief. But it's not under the law of Moses. I want you to notice the message or the law of righteousness. It does exist. People struggle with the concept of it. At one point, it was under the system of Judaism, the law of Moses. Here's the question. What must one do to demonstrate faith in Christ? Well, Paul tells us. Let's look at verses 14 through 17. It's funny how if you just read the entire chapter and then tie that in with the other appropriate passages that support it, you're not confused. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? I agree, you need to believe, right? So does Paul. And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now again, that word there, the Word of God should actually be the Word of Christ, and I get why the King James translators translated that. God is, or Christ is God in the flesh. Uh, and hearing by the Word of Christ. Now he asks the question earlier, Who hath believed our report? Not the Jews. Not the Jews, because they're still living under the system of Judaism. And Paul's saying, hey, you can't be saved under that system. As a matter of fact, he's going to go back, and he, he literally is quoting here from Isaiah to point this out. So who didn't believe the report? Not the Jews. Let's ask that today. Who didn't believe the report of just the plain, simple, first century gospel? I didn't as a Catholic. The Baptists don't. The Methodists don't. I can just keep listing groups and people will get mad. I can't believe you're listing groups. Paul's listing out his own brethren, saying you cannot be saved as a Jew. I say the same thing today. Can't be saved as a Methodist. Can't be saved as a Baptist. People say, you're so divisive. Paul's laying it out for us. Let's just follow along and use some logic here. Just the Bible. That's all you need. Paul's saying there's a New Testament. That's all you need. Give up your Judaism. We say it today and people say we're being divisive. This is Paul. Paul's telling us this. Who's believed our report? Not the Jews. And we say the same thing today. Not a lot of people. 
You've got to call upon the name of the Lord, verse 13. You've got to believe in the Lord. You've got to hear of the Lord, verse 14. And somebody's got to preach to you about Him, verse 15. Pretty simple. Verse 16, Paul makes the point that not all the Jews have obeyed the gospel. He goes back and quotes from Isaiah 53:1 to prove it. Paul is equating disobedience with disbelief. To not believe is to not obey. And to not obey is to not believe. And so I go back to that debate I'm watching. The guy saying, you don't got to get baptized. And I say, don't you believe what that says? Oh, I, and I, no. Of course you don't, or you do it. Right? That's what Paul's saying. He's, he's equating disobedience with disbelief. And then I say something like that, and they just, they're in an outrage. I can't believe you'd even question my sincerity. Or I, just, I would just say it's bad theology. Maybe you are sincere, you just have bad theology. Let Paul correct your theology. And Paul then asks this question, which I find hilarious, because we should probably ask the same question to uh, maybe many people. He says, did the Jews know that the Gentiles were going to even be included in God's plan in the first place? And then he answers it. <laughs> it's funny, many of the Jews were upset. What do you mean Judaism's not the system anymore? We were always God's people. He's going to bring the Gentiles in before us? Romans 10, 19 and 20. But I say, did not Israel know? For Moses, first, Moses saith, oh, wait a minute. You guys should know your law of Moses. What did he say? I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. Who are we talking about? The Gentiles. And by a foolish nation will I anger you. But Isaiah, Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. The answer to the question was this. Yeah, the Jews knew, or at least they should have. He quotes from Deuteronomy 32, 21. Quotes from Isaiah 65, 1 to prove this. Why is he saying that? He's saying you as the Jews do not have an excuse for your ignorance. And you know what I would say to the majority of people today? People who say they're spiritual or they are religious. I don't, I don't actually know what my kids paid for that. Let's say it's 30 bucks. Nobody has an excuse. The number one selling book in the world, actually it's the number one stolen book in the world, and people, most of us have it, and you can have a free download on your phone. Every one of us has access to it. And just as the Jews did not have an excuse, neither does anybody else. Nobody has an excuse. You live and die as a Methodist, and you're shocked as to why you're uh, not found um, righteous on the day of judgment. You should have known better. And that may come across as harsh. That's what Paul is telling the Jews. The Scriptures taught on this. You should have known better. And again, the Jews, they had no excuse. And remember, they didn't like the Gentiles. They looked down on them. They despised them. And here's the thing, they should have been happy. Before it was God's people. And again, they, if you came and you wanted to become a, a Jew, a proselyte, they, the rabbis would send you away three times. They would try to persuade you to not be a follower of God. And now you find out, okay, so wait a minute. Primarily, the majority of everybody's lost, and it's just the Jews... But now he's opening it up where there's one system for everybody to come into the church, both equally, and they should have been happy. But they weren't. <laughs> they weren't happy. Many of them were angered by the fact, and they felt used. Paul deals with this in the book of Romans. They felt used by God, saying, basically, you brought the Messiah through our lineage, and now all of a sudden you're opening up a faith open to both Jew and Gentile, even though the, the Jews are the ones that brought the Messiah to the world? You used us. 
Paul comes back and says, that's not what's going on here. You guys were forewarned. You don't have an excuse. And finally, Paul applies Isaiah 65 2 to the Jews who reject Christ. Listen to Romans 10, 21. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And guys, we could say that just about our entire generation today. Paul's saying it about the Jews, but I would go so far as to say it virtually about everyone who claims to be religious. Literally, stretching forth his hands to a disobedient people. And every one of them has no excuse. I would go so far as to say virtually every single person, probably over the age of 12, has a phone today and can download a Bible for free on their phone. And it's funny, they get mad when you say there's just one church. <laughs> That's what the Bible teaches. Go and read through the book of Ephesians and go and look at uh, Matthew 28, or sorry, Matthew 16, 18, and 18 through 20. You look at all these passages and people are confused. They're like, I can't believe you'd say that. Can't believe you'd say one group's better than another. That's what Paul's doing. Paul's saying Christianity is the only system. Judaism's gone. You can't be saved under that system. And I'm saying the same thing right now. Guys, the Jews had heard the gospel. They knew or they should have known that the Gentiles were going to be included. Many refused to believe. They, they were a disobedient and hardened group. And so it was unable for them to become righteous under that system. And again, now I return back to the statement that I made a few weeks ago, and I'm sure people were outraged, and I saw it during the debate, and people were outraged. And I'll summarize the statement as this, following up on Paul's words, any faith which does not align with our recorded New Testament faith is a system which cannot make you righteous. People are outraged. I don't, I don't get it, guys. I don't care who's watching this. I hope you're, if you're a member of the church, compare where you go to the Bible. If you're a Methodist, compare where you go to the Bible. If you're a Catholic, compare where you go to the Bible. If you're watching this and you're a Jew, compare where you go to the Scriptures. Paul is laying this out as he's telling them, you can't be saved under Judaism anymore. There's just one system and it's Christianity. That's how you become righteous. And we're saying the same thing as the churches of Christ today it doesn't matter what group you're under if it doesn't match the Scriptures, like Paul is telling them. You can't be righteous under that, which goes back to the title of the sermon. Righteousness through the Word. Patriarchs had a system of faith they had to follow. Jews had a system of faith they had to follow. Christians have a system of faith they have to follow. I hope that makes sense to everybody. I think for everyone here, it's probably a very common sense lesson. For other people, they will literally be outraged at the words of Paul. Because Paul is telling a certain group of people, you can't be saved under that system. And it totally denies faith only, which is what the passage was, Romans chapter 10 was being used to teach. As I draw this to a close, that's my concern is that every one of us would be righteous through the Word. It starts by obeying the gospel, not complicated. Paul actually spells it out. Somebody needs to come teach you. You need to hear the Word. You need to believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. To believe that He is the Messiah means to believe that the gospel... Uh, is His last will and testament and what's expected of the follower of Christ. And that includes confessing Christ and being immersed in water for the remission of sins. And that's what you find in every conversion account. So if you're watching this and you haven't done that, please contact us or another faithful church of Christ in the area and study with them. Then you go back and you say, okay, well, what about for those of us who are Christians? Again, we are righteous through the Word. 
There's a system in place for us, and we have to live according to it. It's our goal to help our brothers and sisters also be faithful while we reach out to the lost uh, non-believer and try to draw them in and explain to them there's only one system of justification that's found within the church. As I draw this to a close, if there's a way we can assist you in any way, you can come forward as we're led in a song of invitation.